I mean, that is, of course, unless you're afraid. Is Mike the Miz afraid? Is Mike the Miz afraid of the NXT Wookiees? <laughs> Oh, really? Really, Kofi? Really? You know what? You guys want to feed you? Oh, keep talking. Keep talking. Do you remember that I was the one that beat you for the United States title? And you have a chance money in the bank. You have a chance to man up right now. Take on the winner of this match. Try to be a shred of a You want to feed your rookies? You want to feed your rookies to me? I will eat them alive. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT Season 2. <laughs> your boy, Nando O'Neill. Yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. And your boy, Larry the Axe. You know, I'm back like that time of the year when you get money back for your tax. Hmm. Did you legally change your last name to, to Henning? I should. <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact i should be larry hennig coming up he yeah. gave me lower in the alphabet man ah. <laughs> i never thought about that that's yeah, uh... right yeah you wouldn't think about it e <laughs> yeah you know oh <laughs> you know now that you bring that up with, with during graduation i was still waiting a while even though my last name was e we, Jesus Christ. we just had so many people from a through <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, I still waited a while. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know what your demographics was, but I know I was waiting for a while. Oh yeah, I got the end on them, on them uh, new wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's why it wasn't too bad after after I went up there. Once but it goes in for the, all the new wins, and then you gotta go uh, F's for all the sings. Yeah, <laughs> it it uh it took a it took a bit there. <laughs> yeah, now you know our demographics where we live. Yes. <laughs> All right. And we're back. <laughs> we're back now. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to, to the episode. And shout out to all of our international listeners. All see, right. See, see that segue? We always segues. Everything we do is segue. You think that we don't even walk. We just ride the thing. But, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that those aren't as available compared to the scooters and bicycles that we have out here. They're not. They uh, they couldn't keep producing them because they're like unsafe. Ah. It's like when the battery died, oh, you okay. ain't got them to stop you from falling forward. That's true. So if you were just cruise along and you didn't know it, you were just like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the thing I mentioned to you before where I had applied at Lyft and mm. Lyft was looking for work for people to check out the the bicycles and scooters before they went out and a couple of weeks ago ironically <laughs> those caught on fire so it was a good thing it was a good thing. Dodge a bullet I, there, I, de boy. I oh, definitely dodged the bullet smoke yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm trying to think of a transition to smoke but it's not coming to me so we're back, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> <laughs> that's like I, whenever we go on a tangent you just like pause and just and we're back <laughs> so Thanks again for listening, and we are now going to kick into episode 24, 
which came from August 3rd, 2010 at the Loretto Energy Arena in Loretto, Texas. So I believe this is probably the uh, I'll say more of this at the end, but I think this is probably the second or third episode emanating from Texas. So, yeah, you're doing a lot of stuff in Texas. Shout out to Texas. Yes. Shout out to shout out Texas. Yes. <laughs> cool. So to start off the show, we get a video recap of last week's poll elimination. And yeah, I had here that production did a really good job of making Eli look like the animal that he was from last week, that they don't even emphasize the 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 little bout that Riley and McGillicuddy had at the end. They don't even show that part. Nice. They just show Eli losing his mind and attacking all the, the rookies. That's dope. So yeah, I'm I'm really glad that they kind of gave him that spotlight at the end of the at the end of the last week's episode. So yeah, we kick off the episode where all the uh or I should say Striker welcomes all the rookies, the remaining six. A Rye. Yeah. Caval. Yeah. Lucky Cannon. Michael McGillicuddy, Husky Harris, and Percy, Percy Watts. Yes. So, yeah, at this point, we have Eli and my boy, Titus O'Neill, who are the only two who have been eliminated thus far. Correct. Yes. And uh, as they're making down uh, their way to the ring, I, I like how the commentators get over the McGillicuddy buddies. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm glad that that's slowly getting over. <laughs> plug it in, plug it in, man. So speaking of good transitions, Stryker says that based on what had happened last week in the closing segment, that he doesn't want the rookies to have beef with one another and that they should kiss and make up. Wink, wink. So that gets us into this week's challenge, which is kind of weird because technically it is a challenge, but they don't have uh, an actual prize anymore. Mm. You know, they they stopped doing that last week because they did another talking segment but there was no prize either Mm -hmm. so it's kind of weird that they're doing all these kind of challenges but there's no real point to them that's a good point so saying that we'll kind of go through this kissing contest that they're going to do and we'll kind of just do some highlights we're not going to go into full coverage just because of the same thing like there's really no end game to Mm -hmm. this uh to this segment but saying that i will say that you can tell that from all the rookies I had here that uh, it was Michael McGillicuddy, Lucky Cannon, and Alex Riley who were having a ball with this. Yes, this is true. Yeah, you can tell that they were just really running with this and just uh, it showed more of their personalities this week. And that was probably the realest, the uh, realest you got from them of who they are personally. Yeah, yeah. Like you saw them and you really generally just wanted to go hang out with them or, yeah. or get a beer with them because like they you- were hamming it up and it was great. <laughs> So Stryker says that there can't be a kissing contest without some divas and introduces Lay Cool down to the ring. Uh, once they get in the ring, Lay Cool gives their belts to Caval, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> and I like McGillicuddy's facials during this whole segment because he just looks really disgusted. <laughs> and uh, Lay Cool says that the rules are pretty much that the rookie who gives the longest, most passionate, softest kiss will be declared the winner and that they'll have baskets of prizes at the end mm-hmm. and husky is the first participant and at first he's kind of hesitant to kiss lay cool which is kind of weird i i don't know the understanding of that booking that's because his those, those are his friends oh okay i guess that makes sense <laughs> they're supposed to be his mentors you can't mix in business with pleasure baby. yeah yeah so michelle 
I, I do like how Michelle McCool is playing off the army tank with the Ferrari engine gimmick, mm-hmm. <laughs> really uh, getting that gimmick over. And before they start, before it looks like they're about to kiss, they say that, you know, they won't be actually kissing Lay Cool. Are you ready? I'm so excited. Are you guys ready? Woo! All right, Husky Harris, pucker up. You're first. You're number one. Come on. Pucker up, big boy. I've always wanted a whole Aww. lot of loving. Show me what you've got. This is going to be a slobber knocker. Actually, <laughs> on second thought, real talk. <laughs> You're not going to kiss us, boys, because uh-uh. we brought in our own local expert kisser. Woo! And she's going to be the judge. And she's Laredo's own 1993 homecoming queen. Let's give her a warm welcome Yay. because her name is Margaret, but down here, She's known as Margarita! Oh, yeah! Senorita! Come on, girlfriend! It was pretty funny, the the different facial expressions from all the the rookies. But like I mentioned before, Husky, Lucky, and McGillicuddy looked like they were having a ball with this whole thing. So, yeah, they were kind of embracing this whole gimmick as silly as it was. Mm -hmm. Husky is the first one to go, and gives you know a legit kiss and gets a really strong reaction from the crowd mcgillicuddy is up next where he looks reserved but then kind of embraces it and mm-hmm. kind of uh thrusts her i yeah, guess <laughs> but it was funny because you can i think that's the thing about watching this season is that it's unfortunately in the spot that he's in now but you see how charismatic mcgillicuddy is you know yeah you see it in his facial expression his body language and how smooth he is in in the ring that I really did wish that his uh his time when he was uh Curtis Axel with with uh with Heyman. Oh yeah, that I, was such an opportunity that they just didn't write well for him. Because mm-hmm. it was like they were they almost kind of had something going with Heyman being almost like the agent of different guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just didn't go anywhere because none of those guys did anything. Mm-hmm. So it was really and then you never seen them all together. Like you tried to, because it was what uh, Lesnar, CM Punk, and Curtis Axel. Yeah. And but they never did anything together. So it's like this guy's managing you, I guess. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like the if the Dangerous Alliance, if all like eight mm-hmm. of those dudes never were in the same building with each other, it wouldn't make any sense. Or if like the NWO was never together, like yeah, what's the use of this dude if you can't pull your faction together so they could all help each other out? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, who wants the same manager? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think that would have been cool where they don't necessarily have to get along, but as long as they kind of have each other's back based on their manager. That, yeah, you know, that, like a team, mm-hmm. you know, just like, hey, we don't really have to like each other, but we want this thing to roll. Like, we're all Heyman guys. Like, yeah. We, we bought into this, so let's reap the benefit. And there was really no benefit. Like, what, Curtis Axel was Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. I was like, it, but yeah you know he did that on his own damn near yeah so yeah i i I think they missed the boat on that one especially yeah going through this segment where you can tell he's very charismatic and as we mentioned in other episodes he's very articulated with his words during his promos Mm -hmm. so yeah i i just i really wish that they just had done more with him in the future so the other highlights with this segment was that when it came to uh caval's turn to kiss margarita the lay cool were kind of hesitant because of course that's their rookie 
And at that point, they were kind of saying like, oh, should we let him kiss him or whatever? And Caval mm-hmm. too, is kind of pleading with them like, oh, get me out of this thing and everything. So Leiku just uh, keep arguing about it. And then Layla out of nowhere just says like, you know what? And then she does kind of a, a sister Abigail kiss mm. <laughs> on uh, on Caval there. And yeah, just gives him a big, big kiss at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ricky Ortiz, screw you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> My weekly screw you. Ricky Ortiz segment. Hey, don't hit on a big O. <laughs> season's coming up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, then Lucky is the one who actually uh, does probably the smoothest kiss. And at the end, they uh, Lay Cool gets their feedback from Margarita. And yeah, she actually chooses Lucky Cannon as the winner. Mm-hmm. And post post segment, it was kind of funny how Riley and Lucky are, are arguing about wanting to kiss her again, even though that the segment's over. So I thought that was pretty funny that that this whole thing did kind of help out Lucky Cannon because it showed more personality than he's ever shown before. And maybe that this kind of gimmick worked for him, just this this guy who loves different types of women, you know? (laughs) That would be pretty cool or would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Like we said, we just kind of uh, wanted to go through the segment pretty quick since they didn't really have an end game with this where the winner didn't get immunity or anything, but it was just a segment to kind of fill up time in my opinion (laughs) nah yeah i mean a lot of time but still time yeah so we go to commercial and when we come back we don't get any entrances we don't get any entrances but we have a rematch from last week and i'll mention this fun fact at the end of the episode but yeah we run it back with husky harris and caval and kind of as i mentioned last week i actually preferred this matchup and I'll, hmm. t- I'll tell you why. <laughs> so before we start the matchup, I don't know why, but I really like Caval's purple attire. I know he's worn the same outfit in blue and other things, but for some reason it popped more when it was purple. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many people do you really see wear a lot of purple? Nowadays? Yeah. 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 It, I, I think it fit him well. So that's why it, it just stood out to me. That... Shout out to the color purple, but not the movie. Yeah. <laughs> now that i just said that shout out to uh, the actual color purple colored garments yes <laughs> there we go yeah the the rookies kind of start off the match doing some groundwork and then caval does a really nice irish whip reversal around the 18 minute and 25 second mark if you want to take a look because husky lifts him on his shoulders and then in mid-air caval reverses it into a double missile drop kick yeah. and yeah it, I don't think I've seen that or just haven't seen it in a while, but the way they kind of did that transition looked really good. And Caval just, uh, yeah, super quick in, in that reversal while he was in midair, you know, mm-hmm. as Husky kind of rolls out to the outside to recover Caval leaps out over the top rope to the outside, but gets caught midair and Husky rams him really hard into the barricade. And it looked really, really good at mm-hmm. that point because just because of his size, the you know the size comparison between Husky and Caval, mm. and I think that's probably why I, I always wanted to see a matchup between them once they uh, announced the rookies for season two, just because of that dynamic between Husky and and Caval, you know, oh, between Tank and Caval, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So Caval barely makes it back before the ten count, and there was another uh, beautiful sequence here where Husky is trying to do that catapult into the the corner mm-hmm. and Caval reverses it and just stands onto the middle rope and then jumps backwards and hits a modified warrior's way double foot stomp and yeah it looked yeah that was dope i remember that that was clean very very clean yeah so same thing it's just kind of capitalizing on 
their uh, their body types and knowing that Caval can probably stomp him a little bit harder just because of his uh, husky frame, so to speak. So <laughs> you know, like um, I never really liked a double foot stomp, mm-hmm. but when Caval, Loki, Senshi, whatever his name does it, mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. really like nobody else doing it. Like not even Balor. Like I never really cared for. The double foot stomp as a finisher, but whenever I seen him do it, I'm like, oh man, he's really gonna step on his face. Yeah, yeah, and especially with this one, yeah, because Husky's a, a bigger dude that he could kind of do more leeway on, mm-hmm. on it. Shout out to Sanjay Dutt because he did a oh. moonsault double stomp. Oh, so. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that guy. Unfortunately, he never he never had a match in the in the in the Fed, but. Yeah, definitely shout out to him and his uh, TNA run. Sanjay Dutt is one of the hardest dudes out, man. Yeah. I, I actually, I think he actually works with them now. But yeah, he's I think a, he's a producer. He's or just a producer. Like yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, him and uh, Biz got picked up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, they haven't had a match in WWE, but they do work with them now. Hey, so. man. Got to get in where you fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Borash is with them as well, so. In the closing sequence of this matchup, Koval attempts to do his trademark cartwheel spin kick into the corner, mm-hmm. but Husky moves out of the way at the last minute and hits him with the... I think it was a Uranagi. Oh, the Uranagi. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, actually, this, the Uranagi and the Sambo suplex are the same thing, mm-hmm. but I think the uh, I think the Sambo suplex is from the video game. Oh, okay. And then Uranagi is normally what it's called. Got it, got it, got it. And then... Uh, the the rocks move is sometimes associated with being a uranagi. Yeah, yeah. But I think the uranagi is when you turn with it. Mm. Or so the uranagi and the sambo suplex are one in the same. Yeah. But it's just confusion on whether or not the the rock bottom and then like the uh the standing one is also a uranagi or if mm. it's just like a side slam. I don't know. Yeah. But I'd like to ask Mike Tanay. Yeah, <laughs> he'll break it down for us. Because that's the first person I heard say Uranagi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was when somebody did like a rock bottom type move. It was when Booker T did it and he called uh, it a Uranagi. And I was like, I don't know if that's right, but that's what it, it's going by in my head. Like, yeah. Like Tazplex. That's a gargoyle suplex. Yeah. Or yeah. a head and arm suplex. But, head and arm belly to belly suplex. But yeah, it will always be known as the Tazplex. Yeah, it's like, oh man, it's just like, or head and arm Tazplex. Yeah. <laughs> I know it as a gargoyle suplex. Yeah. Shout out to Mike today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is our utter shout out for today. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, after he hits the Uranagi, then Husky now hits the, what we call the, the, the Husk. husk. <laughs> yes. The <laughs> The uh, jumping senton splash. He got some good air on that one. Too. He did, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he like threw his arms like a free fall. Woo! Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, oh, so you got me with the double foot stop? I'm gonna get you with this one. <laughs> I'm gonna get you with everything of my whole 300 pound body. Yeah. Take that, this little guy. That's uh, cashing in your receipt right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, he gets the uh, victory at 3:14. And like I mentioned, I really like this matchup. I I enjoyed last week's matchup, but I think this one actually showed. Uh, showed more of their potential as opponents, you know? They uh they got to finish a match without the crutch of the the distraction gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. they got to just have a, a match between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can easily see these guys even running a uh 10, 15 minute match, but for what they did in these three minutes, I 
still thought it was a really good match. It's amazing when you see these kind of like three minute matches and then you'll be sitting there enthralled the whole time. And it's like, wow, that was only three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, probably my match of the episode, but uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> so after that, then we get a random video package because normally I believe this might be the first time that we had a different type of video package that wasn't either a, a, a rookie profile or pro feedback. It was uh, the Miz just exclusive feedback on Michael McGillicuddy. Michael McGillicuddy, I feel like is, I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like everyone wants to take daddy's footsteps, which is great. Good, you wanna follow in daddy's footsteps, but you're not just gonna come here and become a superstar. Daddy was good, you're mediocre. It sounded very familiar. I don't know if it was a similar promo from season one, but it did also feel, ironically, he's saying that he's he thinks he's heard this before, but, and I was thinking the same yeah, thing. I was like, come on, didn't we just hear this? Yeah. You say this about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he, he ended it saying that, you know, Daddy was good, but you are mediocre. That was definitely from another episode. I know. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely know it. Because I remember that exact quote. And I'm like, what? Yeah. So right after that video, uh, that was a pre-recorded video, by the way. And we throw it back backstage to Ashley. And she's interviewing Perfect in Paradise. <laughs> McGillicuddy and Kofi. And uh, McGillicuddy, yeah, he calls the Miz a coward for talking trash behind his back. And wants to challenge him to a match later tonight since uh, he wants to find out who really is mediocre. Mm -hmm. But then we get a surprise by the world's strongest cannon, (laughs) Lucky Cannon and Mark Henry. And, you know, Lucky is still a a face here and saying that, you know, he respects that he also has beef with The Miz. But he wants to kind of uh, get his hands on The Miz himself because he wants to settle a score with him. So the two start arguing when the Miz actually cuts them off from the stage area saying that, oh, you know, what a shock that I'm the center of attention again and that uh, all these rookies kind of want to go after me. And he says that, you know, what if you guys go up against each other and then maybe you'll have the opportunity to face me? Kofi interrupts the Miz here and he says, Kind of the same thing of, you know, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? Mm-hmm. And if uh, these guys actually fight tonight, then you'll face the winner later on tonight. And I had here that Kofi kind of has some pre-New Day promo here mm. where I've never seen him do this kind of uh, New Day-ish personality back back in the day. Because mm. usually he's just more of like that serious athletic focus promo yeah and this is the first time where he kind of was teasing the miz with like that baby voice yeah yeah nah, it was pretty cool so yeah it was kind of cool seeing kofi being his new day character before the new day so mm-hmm. yeah he was yesterday yes <laughs> nice <laughs> and yeah the the miz uh miz kind of gets a a little bit of a comeback himself saying that oh who let me remind you who actually beat you for the US title in the first place. So And he's I, like sitting there holding the intercontinental title. Like, yeah. Mm, who's got the better one there? Yeah. <laughs> uh you know, f- fair comeback, but yeah. You know, fair, but I mean your title's less than his. Yeah. He upgraded when you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the uh matchup is up next after commercial break. 
and we get Michael McGillicuddy versus Lucky Cannon. And to kind of recap their storyline between Lucky and The Miz, they show a recap from two weeks ago when Riley had beaten Lucky Cannon. So post-match, The Miz actually attacks Lucky with his Money in the Bank briefcase and delivers a skull-crushing finale. I remember that in this episode, Mark Henry wasn't on NXT during that uh, during that night. So that's why The Miz kind of took the opportunity to beat up Lucky. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the rookies start off the match similar to the first one where they do some groundwork. And Lucky tries to do a catapult roll as well from the corner. But McGillicuddy kind of blocks it and hits a dropkick while uh, Lucky is in a sitting position. And, yeah, really, out of nowhere, McGillicuddy stalks and hits the McGillicutter McGillicutter again, which is the uh, swinging neckbreaker, and gets the victory at... 59 seconds (laughs) so it threw me off guard seeing how quick this match was but yeah it kind of makes sense since McGillicuddy now has to pull double double duty Mm. in this episode and also increases his winning streak to six and oh now so yeah not much to say since it was just a under a minute match but there's a there's a reason for it you know quick squash quick squash yeah we Come back with a graphic for the SummerSlam card. And kind of how we mentioned last week that Team WWE is in turmoil. So now we only have five members, which is uh, in the order of least importance to me to the greatest importance of me. (laughs) In John Cena, John Morrison, R-Truth, Bret Hart... (laughs) And the great Kali. <laughs> Wait, did you see least importance to greatest? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I hate the great Kali. I'm not a fan of Mr. Delupacine. He's still undefeated on NXT, so. Uh, <laughs> bonus fact out there. <laughs> uh, take it back. Put it back in the archive. <laughs> we didn't need that one. So, Shout out to our truth Shout out to our truth of course. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. So... After this, we get a a different type of promo. It's kind of a throwback to one of the uh, segments that we had at the end of season one where the pros actually started talking trash about each other. Mm-hmm. But this one was more civilized where Stryker just wants to get pros feedback on the pros. And he wants to know from all the pros right now, who do you think is doing the worst job as a pro? So Kofi goes first, and it was kind of weird because he says that as as much as he hates the Miz, he actually has to pick Laycool as being the worst pros, just because they made uh, Caval wear pink during the first few episodes, mm-hmm. and Laycool fire back and saying that you know Kofi is the worst one since uh, the WWE universe loves the property of Laycool mm-hmm. T-shirt. So it was kind of awkward that. You would think he would pick the Miz just because they are actually beefing with each other. He gave an honest response. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of random, but progressing the story, I guess. So Henry actually gives a professional response <laughs> in saying that the worst coach is actually the first one who had the uh, the first eliminated rookie and picks Zack Ryder. Valid. And uh, Ryder kind of just... Ex- Kind of just accepts it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> that- hey, man. <laughs> That's compelling argument. Yeah. <laughs> so Henry being the true professional as he is. <laughs> Stumped him. Yeah. So Cody actually says that uh, Kofi is um, the worst one because he's about to take off the he's about to take the IC title off of him. And I like how Cole is fully embracing the full K 
kayfabe in the sense where he says, you know, why did uh, why did he pick him when he does know that Kofi has the best uh, yeah. the best rookie with six and zero, right? Yeah. So I I'm gonna give Cole extra points at the end of this episode because he is staying in true character. I to, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, as Ryder is about to give his feedback, he's interrupted by the Miz <laughs> and says that no one cares about what Ryder is about to say. And as far as who is the worst pro, he says that every single pro on this stage is the worst pro. So he's definitely getting his uh, his mic time here. And Morrison even tries to cut him off here. But uh, the Miz overshadows him by just basically talking over him. The Miz could have you know, easily slam Morrison at this point too, because he could have just said like, well, whose rookie is still here, but you know, the Miz is a nice guy and didn't go that way. <laughs> we go to commercial break. And after this, it is Alex Riley versus Percy Watson. It was kind of weird. I don't, I don't know if you caught this where as uh Percy and MVP are walking down the ring, MVP looks really disappointed where he's just kind of just shaking his head and just, uh, just doesn't look like he wants to walk down the ring with Percy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if uh, if that was just more based on like what the Miz had said, or if I missed something where uh, Percy and MVP had some beef with each other. But yeah, it was it was just kind of random that MVP was looking kind of upset mm-hmm. w- while walking down the ring. So after that, we get a pre-recorded video from uh, Percy Watson saying why he has beef with Alex Riley. I think I will have to say the. One person I've been having a hard time getting along with would be Mr. Alex Riley. I think he flaps his gums a little bit too much, you know. He, he talks down to people, and I don't necessarily like that. I'm an upbeat guy. I like to have fun and have a good time. He tries to take the mood away from people by talking down to folks, and that I do not appreciate. But if I see him backstage or something, he'll bump into me and, and you know, just keep walking by and don't say excuse me or nothing. But that's his, that's his mentality, you know what I'm saying? He thinks he's better than most people, Mr. Varsity Villain. I think he's more like Junior Varsity Villain, if you ask me, though. These were WWE rookie confessionals that you could watch on WWE.com. I don't know if they actually still have these, but that, yeah, <laughs> this is where they uh, have these videos available and where they're pulling them from. So to start off the match, Percy actually gets the early advantage by hitting his uh, now trademark jumping back elbow and kind of going back to what I said earlier, where, uh, yeah, he just gets really good height from this. I like this commentary as well because. Josh asks Cole a really interesting question, which I like saying that if the uh, roles were reversed where Miz had Percy and MVP had Riley as rookies, would the rookies attitudes be any different? And I like Cole's response saying that, you know, Miz's attitude is going to rub off you no matter who you are. So I, I really liked it because kind of what Cole overall in this episode did a really good job of playing with the the storyline and, mm. ke- and keeping in character. So, okay. so yeah. I think this is where commentary did a really good job of focusing on the matches, but also enhancing the stories. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this caught me off guard because Percy does uh, a reverse on the Irish whip and does a jumping Instagram kick, which yeah, right. uh, uh, normally, you know, is more for a, a smaller guy. But mm-hmm. it caught me off guard because, of course, not only is Percy really tall, he gets like really high, good height on anything that he does. He probably could have kicked over him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, and it's been a while since I've just seen a, a good Enziguri kick and, yeah, kind of came out of nowhere. So, in the closing sequence, Percy tries to go for the corner spot where they do the 10 punches. Mm-hmm. Kind of gets reversed here and just dropped on his face on the top turnbuckle. 
And then Riley kind of swings him back and then makes him go face first into the middle turnbuckle. And at that point, Riley just lifts him up and hits the your dismissed TKO for the win at 329. So I actually thought I I liked this match and I actually thought that these two had really good chemistry with each other. Surprisingly. Yeah. Surprisingly. You know, the TKL is a uh, at one point in time was the coolest move in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, no doubt. The TKO was like, oh wow, what? Oh man. And now it's like it's just a solid fallback for a finisher. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you don't have anything else to do. Yeah, I give him a TKO for a little bit. I yeah. prefer a TKO versus like jumping. STO. <laughs> or the, the overdrive that uh, every single the overdrive. If MVP had a TKO from the jump, think about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Massive. So uh I, I, I also like this part because since uh the Miz had already come down to, to the ring with Alex Riley, he just gets in the ring and starts getting ready for his matchup since mm-hmm. uh he's uh gonna face McGillicuddy next. And yeah, as we uh before we go to commercial break, it was kind of funny how Josh and Cole were saying like, "Oh, uh, you know who? Who do you think? Who do you think's gonna win?" And Cole tells Josh that, "Oh, I'll bet you a Slim Jim that the Miz is gonna win." And kind of ironic that Slim Jim is uh, <laughs> sponsoring SummerSlam this year. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Gross. That's the only reason he said it. <laughs> Slim Jims are nasty. I used to like them as kids, but yeah, definitely not anything that I'm eating now. Way too salty. Yeah. <laughs> Way too not meaty. It's like. I don't even think my cat would eat it. I, I would always get it at the uh, the gas station before we went to uh, to King. It's just, you know, it was right there. And I was like, oh, it's only like a quarter, I think. So That's where I got that soda and that bag of chips. Ah. <laughs> good old. 76, good old baby. Walk straight up in there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, once we come back from commercial break, we just get a recap of the voting rules again. And we go to our main event, which is the Miz versus Michael McGillicuddy. Uh, reminder that this is McGillicuddy's second match, so he is pulling double duty for tonight. This is also McGillicuddy's first matchup against the pro since his other victories came in the form of rookies. To start off the matchup, these uh, all, this, all the matchups tonight have actually started very similar where they've been doing technical holds and starting off either on the ground. Mm-hmm. And yeah, McGillicuddy tries to go for a quick victory here by doing a really clean Roll rever- uh, roll over reversal, trying to do the pin attempt right off the bat, and yeah, it looked really good. From you know, you know how our boy is, just super smooth and everything. I thought he was gonna get it. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. And then uh, yeah, the Miz is able to take full control with a uh, a nice knee lift, which Michael Cole calls the Triple H. <laughs> you just can't throw. I mean, you can because like, oh man, he did something with his knees. That reminds me of Hunter. Yeah, and didn't Josh say something like? Uh, I don't think Triple H would like being compared to, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Uh, Miz. I was like, well, that's funny. Yeah. I I also forgot because I, I think he also had mentioned like, yeah, maybe he wants to be a Triple H since he's uh, a former WWE champion. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Miz probably didn't win the title yet at this point since it was still. Oh, that's right. That yeah. wasn't until like 20, maybe 2011. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, wait, the Miz is also. And I was like, oh, not, not yet, yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> So good job, Cole, or good job, Josh and Cole. At this mm-hmm. So the Miz continues to dominate against uh, McGillicuddy until McGillicuddy reverses him outside the ring and rams the Miz into the apron. Then when he brings him back into the ring, McGillicuddy gets some really good punches in in the corner 
And the fans actually start getting really into the match at that point because the strikes do look pretty cool and hits a uh, belly to belly. And then in the closing sequence, the Miz reverses a drop kick attempt by McGillicuddy and hits him with a big boot. And as McGillicuddy is recovering, the Miz quickly hits the skull crushing finale for the victory and yeah, gets the win at 4.33. And yeah, as I mentioned before, I like this match because they were just telling some really easy but simple storytelling. Especially, I, I did enjoy the overall story that they build tonight with everyone trying to get a piece of the Miz. Mm. And uh, I think the payoff worked well, especially for uh, the Miz and Michael McGillicuddy. Because unfortunately, this does mean that he did break McGillicuddy's win, uh, undefeated streak. Mm. But I think, mm. but I think it did it well enough where they had built it up throughout the night and kind of gave the the main event some important stakes. And I don't think that's happened yet on NXT since maybe the first matchup with Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho. I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, basically the end of the show. A quick mention that Josh and Cole mentioned that they're going to broadcast from San Jose next week. Yeah, Mm, yeah, yeah. So some some fun stats there and moving into my transition with the fun facts for tonight. (laughs) I wonder if we're there. Yeah. I think we were. We were. So So going into that. That's what I think it was. We were. Yes. (laughs) So we were definitely there and we'll save our feedback from that show for next week's episode. But I'll say that I was uh, keeping track of the stats on the episodes that they actually went through. So the HP Pavilion is actually the first venue that NXT has done a second show at because Hmm. I had thought it was the Mohegan Sun, but that actually ended up being a different Mohegan Sun. So they had one from Vegas and I think they had one from a different venue. So, yeah, so I'll I'll get more into it next week. But shout out to Mohegan Sun, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, we actually ended up being the first venue that had a second episode of nxt Ah, san jose and nxt go together like bread and butter but we still need a uh we still need a takeover out here so hint 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 hint, yeah goddamn mansoor (laughs) all his fault (laughs) and yeah the other fun fact here is that this is uh probably i there's no way i can find this out but now that we kind of happy you know happy accident stumbled upon this i believe this is the first time ever that we had a back-to-back where we had a match close the show and then open the show with the same match what the? because we had uh caval and husky harris main event last week and then we had them open the show so i don't believe that's ever happened i don't think so i can't think of too many rematches like that yeah yeah so that's a pretty cool fun fact that i really wanted to Shout out there. And yeah, we hit the six hour mark as far as grand total match duration with this episode. And yeah, unfortunately, two things happened to McGillicuddy here where he extended his undefeated streak, but he also lost it. So so he has set the bar now at six and oh and suffered his first loss, granted to a pro. So Mm -hmm. thought it was pretty good. So uh, yeah, I'll. Started off this week with the scoring, and I actually gave commentary, yeah, a four based on how well all the points I had mentioned earlier were. I thought Cole 
did a really good job tonight of playing both things where he stayed in character and really progressed all the storylines in character, but also called him and Josh calling really good matches that happened throughout the episode. And then, yeah, for matches, I gave it a 3.5 because I think even though that technically they were all short, I think they all did really well for the pacing that they did other than, you know, the under a minute match. The other ones were three of the four minutes. Mm -hmm. But what you did in those minutes actually counted and helped Mm -hmm. tell a story and progress the story for all the characters. And yeah, production, same score. I gave it a 3.5 because of all the uh, all the booking that they did with this episode. Kind of like what I mentioned that they had built up with this uh, storyline between two rookies having beef with the same pro Mm -hmm. and kind of did a resolve that made sense and gave matches to uh, to all three competitors at that point. I like that. And yeah, entertainment, the uh, I will give it a three just because with all the good things that they did, the only thing I had was just the opening segment with the kissing contest. It didn't really do anything for me. So I kind of averaged it out with all the the first half of the show. And then the second half of the show, I thought was a, uh, better than almost night and day oh exactly (laughs) sheesh yeah so um if i'm gonna jump into my scores i went actually i agreed with commentary and i went four Mm -hmm. uh they covered a lot of good stuff uh i thought you know cole was really on his game Mm -hmm. keeping everything like 100 with uh like you know correcting kind of like the miz or whatever yeah 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 and then um matches i went four I enjoyed the matches. I got a double dose of McGillicuddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's always fun. The The matches made sense. It was a, a story being told with a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, production and entertainment, three each. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, you know, for me, when I was watching it, the production didn't really jump out as much as the commentary kind of did. And the entertainment, like the like you said, the, the kissing contest was... You know, it put me to sleep for a little bit. Yeah. And then I kind of came back to life. And, you know, once all the matches started. So that was a kind of a day and night transition that could have just been one cohesive show. Yeah. So, you know, that's where I'm sitting on that one. So four, four, three, three. Nice. Cool. So our combined score for this episode is a 3.5. So, yeah, I think that the kissing contest kind of took away from the episode. It just showed how strong the episode was in the middle and at the end where they had booked booked the show really good afterwards so mm-hmm. yeah i i think that's uh the perfect score for that episode i'm with that going into the next episode as i mentioned it is coming from san jose and we'll probably go more into depth for that one since we'll of course have our own experience to kind of uh tell for, for that episode mm-hmm. and same thing i don't want to uh, reveal the main event because it does factor in with the next poll elimination so yeah we'll just say that there is a elimination next week and we'll give you our feedback from the san jose experience yeah so that does it for this episode and i did have a shout out this week what you got i have our boy oh no i lost it i <laughs> uh, ain't got nothing no, no, I, I, I got it. I got it. I just need to uh, click on this so I, I pronounce it right. So I'll give a shout out to our friends at Rasslin Tacos Podcast. They uh, are a podcast out of Texas. Whoa, Tejas. Yeah, Texas. 
And yeah, they have new episodes every Friday. So definitely check them out at Wrestling Tacos. And I'll put the link and description, or I should say, I'll put the link in description below. And yeah, give them a shout out as well. And you can check them out on YouTube as well. So I'll make sure to put that link there. And uh, yeah, did you have any shout outs this week? I do not. Tear. No, no one saw that, but there was a tear coming out of my eye. Duh. <laughs> like Ric Flair. <laughs> like, uh-huh. There's a tear in my eye. <laughs> Man, I just saw like a fake headline about Ric Flair being hit, like brain dead today. That damn oh my made God. me cry. Uh-huh. I was like, what? Yeah. And it was one of my friends that put it up. And then like, I was like, bro, you can't just put stuff up there without checking the source. Yeah. Like, Come on, man. You got to be better than that. Yeah. I always see those Facebook kind of news things that are super outdated where it says like oh yeah uh AEW is gonna have their uh, their own show on tnt i'm like bro that happened like you're like what that happened like months ago why are you still on my feet yeah so it's the same thing with those type of updates whenever i see some of the fake ones um i think ah, it's probably fake <laughs> so cool thanks again for listening and yeah you can always go back and listen to our backlog of episodes on podbean Spotify and iTunes. And if you like any of the merchandise that you see from season two, we also have it available on our online shop. You can take a look at the links in the bio and description below if you want to purchase those shirts or any of our half K merchandise as well. So for Larry the Axe, I am Nando O'Neill. I'm trying out a new closer this week, see if it works out. And uh, we will see you next time. Bark, bark. <laughs> it's like you can't say for you and then I say something after that. So if you're going to say, I know. <laughs> that's why I got lost. I was like, wait, am I supposed to say something again after this? <laughs> How about we both do bark, bark at the end? All right. One, two, three, bark, bark. 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 <laughs>